Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the kingdom of God according to his sovereign will for mankind to remain in his covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment, Inc.
Oh, um, Minister Belinda, can you hear me? Can you please try calling back in, Minister Belinda, because I'm not hearing you. And as we're waiting for you to join, listening to uh, Niala, Niala. God, we come, Lord, Father, seeking all things, God, out of your word, Father, the depthness and the width of it, God. Lord, we ask you, God, to be in, we know that you're in the midst of us, God, because you said when more than one assembles ourselves together, that you're in the midst of us. So, God, we thank you for the privilege, God to be able to read your word, God, to seek after your knowledge and your wisdom and your understanding, God, Father. In Jesus' holy name, Father, 
And we pray for all those that may hear, that they have a hear an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen, and we bless the Lord uh, our soul. As we go through the word of God this morning, we're going to look at Judges 11 first. And I'm going to read through, and uh, Minister Belinda will come back and we'll discuss and uh, share the insights that the Lord have given us according to his mandate for the body of Christ. Because when we look at Jesus, uh, Jesus is the word, according to John chapter 1, Jesus is the word. And we want to encompass every bit that the Lord have given us of his word, that we can be a part of the truth and spirit of Jesus Christ. The truth and spirit of Jesus Christ. So we're going to read in Judges chapter 11, um, and I'm starting with verse 1. And it says, now Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of an harlot. And Gilead begot Jephthah, and Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's son grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brother, brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob. And there were gathered vain men to Jephthah and went out with him. And it came to pass in process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elder of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain that we might fight with the children of Ammon. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, Did not ye hate me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are ye come unto me now when ye are in distress? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, Therefore we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, If ye bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and the Lord deliver them before me, shall I be your head? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, The Lord be witness between us. If we do not do not so according to thy words. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captain over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. And Jephthah sent messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon, saying, What hast thou to do with me, that thou art come against me to fight in my land? And the king of the children of Ammon answered unto the messengers of Jephthah, 
Because Israel took away my land when they came up out of Egypt from Arnon, even unto Jebek and unto uh, Jordan. Now, therefore, restore those lands again peaceably. And Jephthah sent messengers again unto the king of the children of Ammon and said unto him, Thus said Jephthah, Israel took not away the land of Moab, nor the land of the children of Ammon. But when Israel came up from Egypt and walked through the wilderness unto the Red Sea and came to Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers unto the king of Edom, saying, Let me, I pray thee, pass through thy land by the king of Edom. But the king of Edom would not hearken thereto. And in like manner they sent unto the king of Moab, but he would not consent, and Israel abode in Kadesh. Then they went along through the wilderness and compassed the land of Edom and the land of Moab, and came by the east side of the land of Moab, and pitched on the other side of Ornon, but came not within the border of Moab, for the Ornon, for Ornon was the border of Moab. And Israel sent messengers unto Sihon, the king of the Amorites, the king of Heshbon. And Israel said unto him, Let us pass, we pray thee, through thy land and through my place. But Sihon trusted not Israel to pass through his coast. But Sihon uh, gathered all his people together and pitched in Jahaz and fought against Israel. And the Lord God of Israel delivered Sihon and all his people unto the land of Israel, and they smote them. So Israel possessed all of the land of the Amorites, the inhabitants of that country. And they passed all the coast of the Amorites and Arnon, from Arnon, even unto Jabbok, and from the wilderness, even unto Jordan. So now the Lord God of Israel has dispossessed the Amorites from before his people Israel, and shouldest thou possess it? Will not thou possess that which Chemosh, uh, thy God, giveth thee to possess? So whomsoever the Lord our God shall drive out from before us, then will we, we possess. And now art thou anything better than Balak, the son of Zabar, king of uh, Moab? Did he ever strive against Israel, or did he ever fight against them? Will Israel dwell in Heshbon and, and her towns, and Aor and her towns, and in all the cities that be, be long, along by the coast of Ornon, 300 years? Why, therefore, did ye not recover them within this time? Wherefore, I have not sinned against thee. But thou doest wrong to war against me. The Lord, the judge, be the judge this day between the children of Israel and the children of Ammon. Howbeit the king of the children of Ammon hearkened not unto the words of Jephthah, which he sent him. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he passed over Gilead and Manasseh, and passed over Mizpah of Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead he passed over unto the children of Ammon. 
And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into my hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them. And the Lord delivered them into his hands, and he smote them from Aor even till thou came to Minas, even twenty cities, and unto the plain of the vineyards with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. And Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances. And she was his only child besides her. He had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that troubled me. For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which has proceeded out of the mouth. Thy mouth, for as much as the Lord has taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even the children of Ammon. And she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months, that I may go up and down upon the mountains and bewail my virginity, I and my fellows. And he said, Go. And he sent her away for two months, and she went with her companions and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. And it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed. And she knew no man, and it was a custom of in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite, for days in a year. Four days in a year. Wow. that That's a lot of word, and and uh, it's it's a very uh, touching and, and lamenting uh, story uh, of Jephthah. Uh, Jephthah mm-hmm. starts out with his mother, uh, of whom was a harlot, to Gilead, and and she uh, born Jephthah, and uh, because she was a harlot, he was an outcast to his brethren, um, and, and and it's a shame that a lot of the times that uh, a Ill, illegitimate uh, child, you know, from a, a harlot or uh, a woman of uh, anyone, they they become an outcast uh, because of the. It, it wasn't because of the fact that he, they had the same father, but more so, who's going to inherit what? Who gets the father's house? <laughs> it, it wasn't even about the land that they were, you know, about where he was from. It was about the fact that. Uh, I suppose even though that she was a harlot, she was a part of Gilead because she, you know, was in that town. 
um, according to the word of God. But, but you know, they, they considered him as an out, outcast because of the inheritance of the father's house. It didn't have anything mm-hmm. to do about the fact that his father was the same father, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's the first part that I, I would start with there. And, and Minister Belinda, please uh, share your uh, thoughts and insights in that area. Because this, you know, this can go a long way. I mean, we see people, nations are divided, and people are actually cast out of those nations simply because of inheritance, uh, uh-huh. you know, value, and and of, of things of this earth, uh, they can cast a whole nation away from a people <laughs> because of inheritance. Minister Belinda, please share what the Lord has given you. Yes, I was looking at that, you know, because I had a, a Cree back then that if it was a firstborn son and uh, uh, he would get the inheritance, but if there was an illegitimate child, and then he would get double portion. They would get some, but he would get double because he was an illegitimate, illegitimate child. Wow. So I, when I when I read that, I said, uh, "Well, there was a care for a person that didn't have what they considered uh, proper lineage." Or, uh, well, however you want to put that, but they didn't want him to have anything. They didn't want. Now they did, They weren't going to be without an inheritance, but their own greed and selfishness, they just threw him out. Well, you're not getting anything because you're from a strange woman. But that's not what the father considered because he he took him as his son. But. You know, in different countries, they have caste systems, you know, and they call certain people untouchables. You know, they don't even acknowledge them. They have no rights to the law. But uh, that's not God's will. Because they, he made, according to their customs, they make provisions for a child. If that father put him in his household and raised him, he he got a portion. He got a double portion. Yes, yes. That's true, though. So many crazy things that we, you know, when uh, I think of this woman, you know, they said uh, that her was a profession until she got with uh, uh Gilad, pronounce his name, the father's name, Donna. Can you pronounce Gilead. the father's name? Huh? Gilead. 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 Okay, Gilead. so I did pronounce it right. Yeah, Gilead. He, 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 he married that woman. Mm-hmm. And made up part. He was. She was his second wife. But you, you, you see people. You know that they'll do what they want to do out of the uh, wrong heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be like 
you'll see some of this, even not a legitimate child, like stepbrothers and stepsisters, a, mm-hmm. a uh, divided. Well, I'm his full child, but it's sad. Yes, yes, it is. It is absolutely a very sad occasion. Um, because he was he's a, he's a, not yeah. not um, less than the fact he is a still a Hebrew. Um, he is still a, a, a child of you know the seed of Abraham, and yeah. uh, he he's residing in the area that God had given them uh, the land to after they had came out of Egypt and. Um, just simply, but but it had to do with his father's house, his father's inheritance, that they were mm-hmm. more so concerned about. They wasn't concerned even the fact that, you know, they, they didn't want him to have a portion of that. So they drove him away. And right. it, we can see that also, too, in this, that Jephthah, somehow he gained some type of uh, a character uh, influence. Mm-hmm. An influential character toward uh, the nature of God through all of this. He understood um, relationship mm-hmm. with God in this. He understood some things, but as we all know, you know, sheep can kind of, uh, you know, it, it could be an appearance that if the sheep is in the midst of, because uh, it said that he ended up being in the midst of vain men, you know, they followed after him. But but these men, vain men were following following after him. It wasn't like he was following after them, you know. Uh, they it was something about Jephthah that was different because it said in the beginning he was a mighty man of valor. Uh, he was, was although he was the son of a harlot, it's saying his, his mom was a harlot, which you know we we can just uh, conceive that that word there is being like a prostitute, uh, someone who was selling mm-hmm. herself. Uh, which happened a lot in those days that there were a lot of prostitutes in the midst of uh, in the land. That was, I guess, that was their means of survival. Because we remember that uh-huh. when we go back to Judah, Judah uh, sought out uh, a prostitute uh-huh. and he gave his uh, stable. But so we can see that this was a common practice uh, that was going uh-huh. on back in those days um, historically. Uh-huh. And and uh-huh. the thing about it is is that the he must have endured a lot of uh, suffering growing up in the midst of these uh, brethren because it's it's like all along they didn't want him in the midst of the inheritance they didn't want him to be a part of it to the point that they drove him off and said Jephthah fled meaning that he's running away from his brethren. Um, mm-hmm. Which is pretty serious to be running away from only the only thing that you know, the only thing that you have, your father's house. You have to run mm-hmm. away, you fleeing from it because of the oppression of the brethren mm-hmm. in the house. And and I think a lot of times through our or through those type of situations, you gain a whole lot of uh, connection and relationship with God because that's what you have to depend on. Um, yeah. You couldn't. Yeah. Def- depend on the father you couldn't depend on the father's house you couldn't depend on the brethren in the father's house you couldn't even lean on uh, what they called the strange woman your mother being called a strange woman uh, your mother being known as a harlot in the house you know um, 
So I'm going to be, be quiet and let you talk a little bit there, um, Minister Belinda. But I like the way God has used this woman, even though she came from that past. God honored her because uh, he brought her into that lineage. And her son had the right to be an heir to that because he had that lineage through his father. You know, and like you say, uh, many scriptures in there where harlots were brought into the the lineage of Israel and would Mm -hmm. produce kings. Mm-hmm. You know, that that would come out of that. So uh, mm-hmm. I like the fact that uh, your past does not have to determine your future. Amen. And that God puts that in there. You know, for anybody that has lived a life uh, of maybe not the proper things to do, they still mm-hmm. can change that. Because right. it's in the Bible. You know, even mm-hmm. I think... Uh, this comes out of one of those lineages. Mm. If you trace it all the way back, I think. Uh, hold on, let me see. They, uh, uh, King, da- King David. King David was one. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. But but the fact that he ended up being a judge, it, it pushed him into destiny. Um, yes, you know, destiny and God uh, created him in such a way that he was a mighty a man of valor. And so, um, you know, they even though that he fled from his brethren, um, it's kind of like Joseph. Uh-huh. Joseph was a, a, an outcast as well, and he uh-huh. ended up being becoming a leader uh, in the midst of uh-huh. his brethren as well. And bringing them out of oppression and, and uh, poverty and, and the affliction of Egypt um, uh-huh. in so many ways. So we know that God can uh, take a, a situation that appears before man uh, to be strange, to be uh, unruly, to be uh, something that is of an outcast. He can turn it yeah. around and make it to be something victorious. And this is and this yeah. is what we can see in the case of Jephthah. As he moves mm-hmm. on to the the land of Tob, his brother comes. His brethren uh, comes to him. The elders of Gilead, the elders of Gilead, mm-hmm. come seeking him out uh, to fight on their behalf against the Ammonites. But one of the things that I like about uh, Jephthah, he didn't immediately just say, "Oh, come on, let's go and go to war against them. We can fight them." You know, he's he's like, you know, we're going to do this the right way. First of all, he understands mm-hmm. installation into the proper manner uh, that they are calling him to be in so he he doesn't just say Uh okay i'll accept it like that you know so he starts asking them questions uh that Uh that lead them to understand okay install me properly uh over the 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 land of gilead um i'm not just going to accept your word that you're saying i'm going to be uh the you know uh, the leader of Gilead or that I'm going to be over it and I'm going to rule over it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. um, he's asking them questions. He said, uh, did not ye hate me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are ye come unto me now when you're in distress? And, uh, you know, he's waiting. The elders are responding back. 
and we see this traditionally still occurs in some of the old uh uh, historical lands uh, that follow after the ways of Abraham. Um, you see that you come, you greet the person, you tell them what you're there for, and he's being he's responding back to this. He's not just accepting the fact that they're saying, "Well, we we're going to make you a president over us. We're going to make you the king over us. So we're going to install you as judge over us." No, he's asking them questions, you know, to get a clear understanding as to why they want to install him and why are they looking at him now as being a judge. And so, um, you know, now they're having to respond to this. And not only they're having to respond to it, verbally, uh, he's telling them that um, to that now that that they need to take him to the next level. Um, put you know install me in installation first and then after yeah. he gets into the position then he can go to the king of Amon because he realized Amon is just not going to talk to just anybody and he realized mm-hmm. that it has to be on a level of uh, uh, leader to leader or, or nation to nation as it is seen uh, by the Ammonites and by the Moabites and by the rest of the, the Philistines and the rest of the one in the community. He realizes you just don't uh, go and talk to anyone, any kind of how, without any position and authority to do so. So he's not just mm-hmm. going to send anyone out any kind of way. He's not going to uh, communicate with them any kind of way. So he goes through the proper channels by questioning them uh, about, you know, the things that they're coming to him for and, and you know, bringing them into a position of uh, recourse to where they have to install him properly and they have to uh, put things in order first, of which God is a kingdom mandated God. He requires order. And so we can see the nature of the character of God in, in what he's displaying here. And not only that, uh, when uh, they, uh, you know, place him in that position, he doesn't just say, oh, let's go to war with Amen. No, he says to Amen. He tries to reason with him because he knows the history of them coming out of Egypt and going into the land that God said, don't go over here and fight with Ammon and don't go over here and fight with Moab. And there was reason why God was saying that. So he's not just going to go out there and go fight with Ammon and going to go fight with uh, Moab without getting uh, some reasoning here to where I can go and talk to God and say, okay, God, thus and thus, this is the situation and, and, and let me move with you in this. Um, Minister Belinda, mm-hmm. I'll keep silent now and let you share your uh, insights. You know, it's it's such a good story because out of this woman they call a harlot, much came out of this man, you know. And like Don, Sister Donna was saying, he had lineage, even if his brothers didn't honor it. And then, you know, like so sometimes people don't look at what God has in you. They just look at one element of your life and then dis, like, discredit you. But yet then those same people that did that came to him. You know, and he asked them, well, aren't you the people that put me out? You know, but now you're coming to me in your distress. And, and But in this story, God, I like the way this man, like Donna said, he didn't go when they came to him, just ran with what they said. 
He wanted to know why. What was what were the reasons? What were they trying to do? And he could have acted in anger and emotions, but he didn't. I like that fact that he didn't do that. He he heard what they said. He did acknowledge, well, aren't you the people that hated him and, and told me to leave? And he did ask them, but you're coming in your distress. And there's times, like, individuals in the Lord will find themselves in this position, you know, for unjust reasons or just because they know maybe some of your family or they think they know you because of your past. But not to act out in it and emotionally, but get understanding from God. He asked them questions, but then, like Sister Donna said, he asked them, okay, if I do this, what are you going to do? If I'm okay to do this, then there needs to be something added. But like she said, I, I look at this, this man knew. So it's letting you know that he was a part of Israel. He knew the history. If he was an outcast like they wanted to project, how would he know that he wouldn't have any of that history? But he was. Whether they treated him badly, he still was a part of Israel. And that he knew the, uh, the uh, inheritance, he knew the history. They didn't take that land. They asked to go past, to go through, and they would not allow them. So they encamped about. Then they fought, chose to fight against them, and God gave them the land. So the king is trying to say it's Israel's fault, but it wasn't. He's asking them, why are you having a, 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 a grief with us? But he turns around and... Uh, um, he gets understanding. He tells them. And you can see what the rest of it, what God says. You know, he he sought God. God's spirit fell on him and gave him the victory. I just don't understand one part what he did. I don't know why he did that. When he and, said whatever and, and and you know when he said, and the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, the Lord be witness between us, if we do not so according to thy words. So that then they he know that they speak in the language of, of uh, the God, Yahweh, the Yahweh of Israel. Uh, then he knows that. Uh, yeah, then they're talking the language. They're not acting out with their emotions and their flesh. He knows that now they're coming in the name of the Lord. And so he, yeah. then he says uh, he went with the elders at that point, uh, the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captain over them. So they installed him yeah. properly. And Jephthah uttered uh, all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. And so, um, and um, Jephthah sent messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon, saying, What hast thou to do with me that thou art come against me to fight in my land? So 
now they, he's, he's saying I'm installed. I can let Amon know that I'm in this. I'm I'm with yeah. uh, the people of Gilead. I'm with uh, the Hebrew. I'm with Israel um, in all of this. So um, he know now Amon's going to respond back with, with a conscious effort. He's not going to just mm-hmm. talk to him any kind of way because mm-hmm. he's known as being a man of valor in this town yeah. of Gilead. And he says, um, uh, to, and the king of the children of Ammon answered unto the messengers of Jephthah, because Israel took away my land. And so he know the history. And so he feeds yeah. back the history uh, to them. And so Jephthah, even though that he was a, a child of a harlot, he, he had um, knowledge. Uh, of who he was, how he got from where he came from, and and how, uh, you know, he knew the history of Israel. So he wasn't doing like, you know, in, in Judges 10 where um, Judges 10, they were sinning against God and they had begun um, practicing following after the gods of Baal. And, and see, Amon knew when they were when they went off, uh, Moab knew when they went off. So they said, this is an opportune time to pursue them because they, they are not in the consciousness of God. They're not following after the uh, God of Israel. They're following after a different God. So they left themselves open uh, for that. But then when they look at Jephthah, they, they, a man of valor, uh, they, they see that he's not falling to that. Uh, way so they speak to him with consciousness because when mm-hmm. Jephthah is speaking, he's bringing up the Lord God of Israel, and he's also yeah. relating over the history of what actually happened. He's mm-hmm. speaking uh, to them with uh, the knowledge of Israel, and so he's not. He's breaking it down to them in such a way to un- make, give clear understanding. We didn't come and to possess any part of your territory. Uh, we came That's and right. we possessed what God gave over to us uh, <laughs> to possess. And so now you, you want to, uh, to dispossess us and you come over and, and possess it, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so it can't, comes down to the point where he realizes that Ammon, uh, is, the Ammonites are still wanting to take over uh, that land, mm-hmm. and they end up going into battle. But the Bible says, just as Minister Belinda said um, in, in verse 29, the spirit of the Lord came upon yeah. Jephthah. And how many know that the spirit of the Lord doesn't come upon everyone? And he passed okay. over Gilead and Manasseh and passed over Mespah of Gilead. And from Mespah of Gilead, he passed over unto the children of Ammon. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, this, this is the part that uh, is very saddening. He, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, I don't know uh, what was, he just wanted to make sure God was with him. And he committed that he was going to pay the vow. And he says, if thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon unto my hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me 
when I return in peace from the children of Amon, shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Now, this is the very uh, sad part, because at the end we know that it was his daughter that came Uh out of the dwarf to meet him. And she came with timbrels and with dances. And she was his uh-huh. only child. It said that she didn't have neither. He didn't. He did not have neither son nor daughter. Uh-huh. But it, 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 the, even you can tell that the daughter was raised with the commitment unto being obeying the Lord. Uh-huh. In this, you know, uh, she she was raised with a, a commitment of being, and and the Bible says that she was a virgin. Uh, she, you know, she wanted to honor that and she, you know, honored that she kept herself for the Lord and she went into the mountains with her friends uh, to bewail uh, her virginity because she was no, not going to, he was, he was not going to have a lineage and mm-hmm. this was the end of his lineage. This was the end of her uh ever thought all her thoughts of having a child um and in the future um minister belinda i'll stop right there because it is a very lamenting uh story go ahead yeah because i said lord why did he do that uh i think it was a custom for them to come out when the men came back from war you know to celebrate and, and stuff and i'm saying and if he had said, because it was not something that God did uh, as far as, like, uh, giving burnt offerings uh, their children. That was something that the heathen countries did. You know, they would sacrifice their children in the fire and stuff like that. And I know that they had been around because they started going towards Baal and serving other gods. And uh, uh, I know that uh, when... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Samuel's mother offered, because God opened her womb, that she would give her first child to him. But that was into the uh, to the house of God. And when I read that, I said a burnt uh, an offering. He could have gave her as an offering to God. Into, but not. I didn't understand it. Why would he say you know that part? To myself, saying, "Lord, that's not your spirit." So I don't know if, if because of what was going on in the country, and he still had a remnant of something because of that environment. I don't know. Well, um, you know, he made a vow, and I think. he wanted to honor that vow uh, to the Lord, but I wonder required. if he had. I wonder that he, if he had went back to the Lord and said, "Lord, is this the one that?" Because he it doesn't say that he rationalized with the Lord on over it uh, at all. Um, yeah. You know, if he had went back to the Lord and said, "Lord, is is this?" Uh, 
what, uh, I mean, you know, just question it, ponder with it, just like Peter did when he saw the sheets falling from the sky. He pondered with God because he knew that it was contrary to God's will. And when you get to the end of the, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10 is what I'm speaking of. You know, God gives Peter the answer. It wasn't anything about the, the unclean animals falling out of the sky. It had to be that yeah. God yeah. was saying it was okay for him to mix with the Gentiles. Um, and that that was the answer to the vision that he saw. So I, I wonder if he had mm-hmm. pondered out a little bit on this, if God would have given him a revelation of uh, mm-hmm. uh, something else, because we can also see that uh, later on, and it came to pass at the end of two months, she returned unto the father who did uh, to her mm-hmm. according to his vow, which he had vowed, and she knew no man, and it was a custom in Israel that the daughters, you know, um, you know, came uh, to, 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 um, you know, lament the daughter of Jephthah. And it, it's a really uh-huh. uh, um, outcome after he was victorious in, in this battle against Amos. And so um, go ahead, Minister Belinda. I know you, you wanted to say something else there. I, I- was a fraction of not what God wanted or a fraction of what, because he wanted to make it like, you know how sometimes when God gives us victory or something, we want to add to it or, mm-hmm. you know, decides it when God, we don't need it, need to. If God yeah. says it, it's already done. Yeah. I don't know, because I said, Lord, against your laws. To sacrifice children, uh, you mm-hmm. know, like that. Now you you can go back to Abraham, but see, God then He told him, but He didn't wind up doing that, you know. But it was a blood offering; it wasn't no fire. Mm-hmm. So I I I know I think I think that. That I mean, I, I just in, in the consciousness of God, I, I don't think that God would have wanted that because he didn't allow it to happen with Isaac. Um, I just, huh? just like, you know, some of the Jewish scholars, they look at this and they say that he should have, you know, it's like he, they know that it wasn't God's will uh, for that to happen, to, that, you know, so if he would have just taking time to ponder with the Lord on it, um, I believe it would have been a, a more, uh, you know, that he just he just didn't act out rational in the situation. Oh. Is basically because what they, their conclusion is on. <clears throat> most of when kings and stuff, they offered a sacrifice in the temple before God, mm-hmm. before God, before they went into war. You mm-hmm. know, or they. They came back. They lifted up their voices and, and danced and, and praising God. But the <laughs> heathen ritual was human sacrifices. So uh, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think people make offerings that out of sometimes I'm saying this as far as men and women of God even now. I think this is to be careful what you're saying, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. When 
vow to God. You need to be very careful of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, because it, you know, in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter 5, it says when you come into the temple and you make a vow unto the Lord, you must yeah. pay it. So uh, we should be very conscious about the vows that we make. Um, we, we should, especially when we're making a vow to God. It's not just coming into the temple and making a vow. We're making a vow to God, and we're saying in our heart that, oh, I will do this and I will do that. But uh, mm-hmm. we do need to make a conscious effort when we are making vows unto God about uh, what we will do, because his was kind of uh, straight to the point that the first thing that mm-hmm. comes out of my house and, um, you know, this you know, him coming home probably on more than one occasion, usually his daughter probably came out. So I think yeah. the vows that we make, we we need to be very, very, you know, the things we say out of our mouth, period, uh, the things that we do in life, we, we have to be conscious of. And that's why I said we as sheep, a lot of times, you know, because yeah. the sheep do not really think things out well. They need their shepherd to guide them. And and if we allow the shepherd, our great shepherd, Jesus Christ, to guide us accordingly, we will not put our trust in ourselves. Uh, uh-huh. You know, we will, we will not uh, make ourselves to a conclusion of to what we do and how we make vows and the things that we uh, do in the earth. And and that that takes a conscious effort. Again, it takes a conscious effort because he said, trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Trust in the Lord and mm-hmm. he will direct your path. Okay. So when yeah. we put our trust in our Lord, Lord, we need to uh, make that conclusive that we have put our trust in him and mm-hmm. not that we're, we're, we're waking up every, we're, oh, I'm going to wake up in the morning. No, Lord, help me to wake up in the morning. You know, mm-hmm. Lord, Lord, show me what to do the next day, you know. We need to be more yeah. conscious about it in Jesus' name. Yeah. And there's a part you said mm-hmm. that when they, because of what they did, you know, they left an opening. And I think about uh, God's people, you know, when we don't follow that direction of God or we don't seek God for the wisdom and the understanding, or we have uh, a God has told us to live a certain way, and that scripture, I mean, when you get saved, God's going to change your whole lifestyle. And he's going to take yeah. you from a, to light. You know, you were once, you thought you was alive, but you were dead to sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that opened, and when that's open, you're, you're leaving yourself open to the enemy. Because they started mm-hmm. living a certain way that other countries looked at them as weak. Mm-hmm. And, and this happens Christians. When you start moving yourself away from God and towards the world, you leave yourself open for the attacks of the enemy, and many of things can come to you. Uh, I, I've seen people engulfed with sickness because they chose mm-hmm. to walk away from God, to live another life when God has called them. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, 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 spirits start entering into your house, your children, you teach your children rebellion. 
and you move them towards the direction of the world. The world, the enemy, the Lord says the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he's not playing. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the this story and all the other stories, it's when they left the will of God that they became endangered. Mm-hmm. But when God covering them, they were God protected them. They prospered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, Minister Belinda, I, I wonder also too, and I'm just, I'm, I mean, there's no conclusion to this because it's not written. But I wonder sometimes because we as uh, the body of Christ, um, at times we uh, draw conclusion based on the environment that we exist in. And um, like you said earlier, that some of the ways of Israel had, I mean, we know, in, in, especially in Judges 10, that they had become a little bit tainted and confused uh-huh. about the direction that they were supposed to be going in. And God had became angry uh, again with them. Um, they just couldn't get it, uh, you know, get it right because they kept becoming a subject of the environment that they existed in. And uh-huh. and I just wonder that sometimes, you know, when they were making decisions or even we make decisions, is it a part of the environment or is it a part of the belief system uh, that of that environment? Or is it really biblical? Is it really of God? Or, or, or are we moving by the things of God? Or, or you understand what I'm saying? Because... After um, all of those things God had done with him coming out of Egypt and he had given them so many guidelines, uh-huh. given them principles, given them kingdom knowledge uh, that would help them to survive, but they uh-huh. would go back uh-huh. a comfort level, something that was just more, uh-huh. much more easier uh, to follow. And so his consciousness, yeah. I wonder, was it under the fullness of the glory of God or was it somewhat a little bit uh, tainted, you know, not, not, um, was he really thinking clearly? And we have that a lot today. Um, yeah. Especially when we draw self in it, when we draw what we want uh, into it, we become, it becomes complicated. Yes. Unless we take on the real consciousness of God, what he has written That's- for us to follow. Yeah. We we That's can it. draw the wrong conclusions. Um, uh-huh. We can make excuses. We can make excuses to do things that we wouldn't do because we see everybody else in the environment doing it. We can uh-huh. uh, begin to justify ourselves like Saul did. Saul justify himself based on what the people wanted. You know, we we can do that if we're not careful and take on the fullness of Jesus Christ. Right. The fullness of the word of God. So we can see, are we in error? Are we doing like they were doing in the book of Judges, where God became angry? Mm-hmm. You know, are we doing like in the book of Kings? Are we doing, you know, do we really know unless we take sound understanding on what God is saying? And, and you know, that was one of the biggest things that Saul uh, not Saul, but Solomon, King Solomon prayed for. He said, give me understanding. God said, I will not only give you understanding, but I will give you wisdom. 
okay? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we need it all. We need it all. We need that from God because the Bible says we perish because of lack of knowledge. And there's a scripture that says we perish because of lack of vision or revelation. Uh-huh. The Bible says we uh-huh. perish because of lack of understanding. The Bible tells us we perish because of lack of wisdom. And that is not wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and revelation of this world. It is that one that comes from God by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. It it, it shows you in this word. If you look at the people that walked away from God, if you looked at the the Israelites that started going away from God, it shows you how that started. And then it, in the midst of them, there was still a remnant that refused to be part of that environment. Joshua said, choose from this day you shall serve. For as me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He made an outward confession in the mm-hmm. environment that he would not go along with that environment. And God had delivered them out of bondage, and they were acting out in the wilderness. So it's also a choice. The scripture tells us how to walk, how we can overcome, how we can stand strong. He said, not by might, but by the spirit of God. As long as you're healing your spirit, your mind, soul, and body, because he says all of it has to come. And you're letting yourself be subjected to the word, subjected to God, allowing God to cut away the things that will pull you into the world. Mm-hmm. And then when he says, be ye separate, that means you cannot, he said, touch not the unclean thing, nor things that are death. What are they? Mm-hmm. And God gives you clear understanding of what they are. And he said, you may be in the world, but you're not part of the world. Mm-hmm. You cannot participate in any measure of the world because it is a, uh, a tentacle to the enemy. And he says, what is the little foxes that destroy the, 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 is it the vine? So it's the little things you allow. One little thing is okay. This is okay. And it's a constant renewing of your your spirit in God. I did that this morning. Waiting on God, you have to wait on God. He said, he said, if you have to cry on your bed at night, but wait upon the Lord. If you've been waiting for God for something for a long time, the physical body will try to get tired. The, it will try to affect the cardinal line. But he said, mind the things of of Jesus. So if I'm doing it, my spirit man will tell me, Belinda, okay, you may feel like that. Let's, let's, let's get before God and pray. God, you keep me while I wait on you. Keep me in love with you, God. Keep me trusting you, God. Keep me being faithful, God. That came by a lot of commitment and prayer. Daniel was taken from his hometown, taken away from the people he knew, put in a strange country, but that man did not give up on God. He made a commitment to do the things that he had learned 
and even hold on to dreams that worried him. God would send an angel and tell him, my beloved. God called that man beloved. You know, I think of, uh, well, a lot. He was going to offer his daughters because they they wanted the angels. He's going to offer his daughters. See, that's what I'm saying, that, that rush of fear or that rush of the natural. Then you think of the man that gave his daughter, and uh, uh, I think they, they had her all night long. Then they cut her body, and parts went all over Israel. But it was a memorial of what had been done. It wasn't something God glorified. So, you know, uh, we'll do a lot of things if we don't pray. If we don't, if we don't understand this word, when God says he is a sovereign God, then you have to understand what the sovereign means. Look it up. When you get yeah. a hold to he's a sovereign God, that means nothing can come above him. Nothing can come around. He can stop anything. Yes. But it's, yes. we have to, yeah, it, it's a lot of people get are being deceived by the enemy. You know, they so, don't choose. I mean, we, have, we can also uh, be deceived by, you know, thinking that, okay, um, just giving you an example, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the thought of what the description of faith is, you know, our um, modern-day cliches of faith um, is is very concerning. Is it really God or is it uh, what man has made uh, for an agenda to keep people's mm-hmm. mind um, focused in the wrong direction when God has uh, his own mandated uh, instructions for the body of Christ. Um, mm-hmm. So we have these cliches that, you know, that says that, uh, you know, Paul, for instance, Paul said uh, he had a thorn in his side. He acknowledged that there was a thorn in his side. Uh, someone in today's day will say, no, you're not supposed to say that you, you have a, a thorn in your, your side or something's wrong with you. No, you, you, you're supposed to claim that you're okay, you know. But Paul himself acknowledged that he had a thorn in his side. Now, what is that thorn in his side? Only the Holy Ghost can tell us, but it was something obviously uh, painful or something obviously uh, threatening to his uh, maybe to his body or threatening to the internal side that was bringing a pain and a remembrance that uh, you're suffering, but you're going to continue the race. We don't know exactly what that thorn was, but he acknowledged it. And then to acknowledge it, he was continuing the race, even though that the thorn was there. So you can have an ailment in your body, but still be able to fulfill what the Lord have given you to do. And that means yeah. that you're focused on, you put your focus more on the kingdom of the living God, because he says, seek ye the kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be added. Oh, so yeah. I'm saying these things, the, the, these cliches will make you tell uh, 
feeding a lie into your your life and and, and make you 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 got to appear to everybody to look superficial when inside there's something else going on and we are yeah. uh to be uh, of meekness, of uh, uh, purity with God. That means we, we're truthful in the eyes of God. And as we are truthful in the eyes of God, then then we can say, but this is how I overcome. And this That's is how right. I overcame. Amen? That's right. Okay. Yes. So now yes. when, we do, when we get to go ahead, I'll let you go ahead. They had disease. The answer was Jesus. And and like you say, no matter what God says, seek ye the kingdom, as Sister Donna said, and all these things will be added. If you keep holding on to God, even though your the enemies try to put sickness on you, God said he has healed. That lady sought God for thirty something years. I mean she had she didn't seek him, but she had that illness. But she got a hold to God's uh, Jesus is uh, 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 the hem of his garment and was healed. That man that yes. was crippled was at that uh, temple. But who came along? Jesus. Then you have, uh, uh, I think it was Peter. No, Paul. That also did that. Told the man to pick up his bed. And it's not like you, you know, saying I'm okay when I'm not. It's not, it's not okay. The sisters and brothers are there to, he said, when the strong and bear the firmities of the weak. But if you're not telling somebody something, how can they, how can they help you? But you have to have the wisdom of God. You can't tell everybody. It's getting Amen. connected to the right people. Getting connected to the right people. There's a difference. And 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 he said, uh, weak, not where you want to not do, and you're not weak, but you don't want to do nothing, and you want somebody else to carry you. No. It doesn't work that way, and it will not work that way. It only works by line upon line, precept upon precept, and that's the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And, and what's feel I can only speak for myself. When I didn't know God, I didn't give reverence to any of this because I didn't believe it. But I had an experience that I know that a living God touched my body. And that Amen. living God scales off my eyes and told me the truth. And I realized that day there is a heaven and a hell, and there is a judgment day coming. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. makes me feel of leaving God. No matter what I go through, what disappointments or hardship, there's nothing that God won't see me through. What makes me scared is leaving God and him turning his back on me, and I have no way of coming out of anything. That's scary. Mm. Mm. It is. That is a, a scary thing when you don't have access to a living God in your life, yeah. and and um, you know to have Him in your life, there's life in everything. 
life and everything. You know, know, moving on to the book of Judges 12, uh, Uh Jephthah is faced with another challenge, you know. And it says, mm-hmm. and reading from verse 1, um, we're going to read from verse 1 through 7 at least. And the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and went northward and said unto Jephthah, Wherefore passed thou over to fight against the children of Ammon, and didst not call us to go with thee? We will burn thine house upon thee with fire. And Jephthah said unto them, I and my people were at uh, great strife with the children of Ammon. And when I called you, ye delivered me not out of their hands. And when I saw that ye delivered me not, I put my life in my hands and passed over against the children of Ammon. And the Lord delivered them into my hands. And wherefore then are ye come up to me this day to fight against me? Then Jephthah gathered together all the men of Gilead and fought with Ephraim. And the men of Gilead smote Ephraim because they say they said, Ye Gileadites are fugitives of Ephraim among the Ephraimites and among the uh, Manassites. And the Gileadites took the passage of the Jordan before the before the Ephraimites, and it was so that when the Ephraimites which were escaped said, Let me go over, and the men of Gilead said unto them, Art thou an Ephraimite? And if he said nay, then said uh, they unto him, Say now Shebeleh. And he said and and he said Shebeleh, for he could not frame the pronounce it right. Then they took him and slew him at the passages of Jordan, and there fell at that time of the Ephraimites forty and two thousand, and Jephthah judged Israel six years. Uh, Jephthah judged Israel six years and died. Jephthah the Gileadite and was buried in one of the cities of Gileadite. You know, I think. Um, one of the things that points out uh, very well to me is that, you know, the, they could tell who was who, even though that they were all Israel. Um, yes. <laughs> Israel, ha- Israel had a, um, a way of speaking, you know, back from Eber unto Abraham. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they spoke the Hebrew uh, language and even the one that we know our Lord and Savior spoke. So they had a particular way of speaking it. Like uh, with uh, Judah, it was Jura, okay, and uh-huh. with uh, Yahua, Jaua, <laughs> you know. So they had a particular way of speaking it, and so they could understand that who was who when they was passing through gates. Um, into mm-hmm. cities, they were passing through by each other. They knew, okay, this is one of us because of the way that they pronounce it. They didn't say a Jew, they said a Juda. And so they knew that, okay, this is one of us. And so they're saying Shebele, they wasn't saying Sebele. Mm-hmm. And so they knew that, oh, if you say Shebele, that this is one of us. And they knew that if they were saying Sebele, it's not one of us. 
So they couldn't sneak mm-hmm. in uh, and be a part of those that were not uh, one of them. Mm-hmm. Now, why, why is that so important? Um, it's so important because it identified the children of Yah Israel. Okay. Yeah. And it, it, and it's it also identifies historically who is who. Okay. Um. <laughs> and it, it, the the also the culture will identify uh, the things that uh, the acts that are performed will identify uh, the nature of uh, the the lifestyle will identify who is who. So is it in the uh-huh. kingdom of God? Okay. Yeah. So that's that's what I have to say about this part. But as it is with any of the judges as well, Jephthah had a time and a season um, to rule um, before Israel, and and when that time ended, um, of course. It was six years that he ruled and, and judged over Israel. It, you know, he, he passed away. And that's another thing that we of the body of Christ have to understand. There are times and seasons that God appoints uh, his children uh, to function in the earth. And, and um, you know, none is, is invincible. Uh, and that's that's uh, the other only point that I wanted to point out, uh, Minister Belinda. I turn it over to you. Mm-hmm. I like the part that uh, you know, even when he went to go do it, you'll have it's it's this is so po- poetic in today's life that God told him to go. You know, he got the understanding from God, and he went. God's anointing fell on him. He did it. Then you have other Israelites. He says, I asked you, but y'all didn't want to come. But now you're mad. You know, the work of the Lord, if he tells you to do it, but you'll always have criticism. You'll get envy. But it doesn't matter. Do the work of the Lord. And I like the fact that God didn't, wasn't concerned about his mother's past, as what her present was. And that out of her, even though people didn't, God produced a warrior and a man of valor, and he uh, allowed this man to give him victory over war, and then appointed him judge over Israel for, what, six years. Uh, God is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, if we let him be. You know he's yes, amazing. He yes, he is. You know, being- but I, I, I also want to point one thing out, and, and it's very important that the body of Christ get this. This is mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, this this topic that we're speaking of today, and we're talking about that the mother was a harlot, and um, she, you know, that even though that the mother was a harlot, the, the child ended up being a victorious child, okay? Um, at some point, hopefully, the mother repented. Um, yeah. At some point, we hope that the father repented, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we, as children of the living God, we, we are a Dane uh, to carry on a, a certain lifestyle before the Father, 
that is not mm-hmm. one of 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 uh just living any kind of way any kind of how and Jesus mm-hmm. told uh oh. the one that committed adultery um that even though that he said he who is without sin let him cast the first stone he still mm-hmm. said to the lady he said woman where are your accusers but he also told her go and sin no more Okay, so this is not mm-hmm. a, a topic of saying, okay, uh, you, you, if a person is living a certain lifestyle, to continue living that lifestyle. This is also mm-hmm. an opportunity to say, repent and go and yes. sin no more, because um, the God that do love you wants you to abide in his righteousness, that he can know you as one-on-one, that you are his child. Because you have chosen Uh him And I also want to point out That uh, we're not glorifying The fact that she was a harlot We're we're, we're just trying to bring out the point That uh, through uh, this situation And her connection with Gilead The Gileadites uh, A son that was born Was, uh, you know, a child mighty And of valor That was used for the father As one of the judges of Israel Okay So I wanted to bring that out That if there's someone out there That is listening in This is not a license to remain in sin Hallelujah Minister Belinda, her life was changed when her lifestyle stopped when she came to Gilead, uh, to Gillian, the father. No, she, no, that was changed. Because the child came to live in the house with the father. Yes, with the father. No, that that was changed. And anybody that reads the Word of God, you can't live that lifestyle. Fornication is not of God. Yeah, not a license for the men to go out and pursue <laughs> pursue uh, women that, especially when they're already married, either because they were just a part of the culture they existed in. But now that we have mm-hmm. Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have. Uh, kingdom principles, kingdom rules, kingdom knowledge to to mm-hmm. abide in. Hallelujah. Because uh, yeah, all of those is it's in there. The lifestyle he tells you not to. And if somebody sins, he says repent, and then go do it no more. There's a lot of acceptance now and saying a lot of things okay, but they're not. Not according to God. God hasn't changed his word. Adultery is still not all of it. And uh, Hebrews chapter... Go ahead. I thought you were finished. Go ahead. So in Hebrews chapter 11, um, you know, I'm just going to start out from um, verse one um, and and I'll just verse one through one and two, and then I'm going to move on down, you know, of course, the 
whole chapter is speaking of men and women of faith and giving us clear uh, examples of what God per- perceived as uh, a man and woman of faith. And um, mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, by, for by it the elders obtain a good report. And I mm-hmm. want to read three. It says, through faith, we understand that the world, the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do, do appear. And then he, you know, he goes on and he speaks about Abel and he goes on uh, and speaks about Enoch and so forth. And we, we, when we move down into around 33, 34 uh, we find that he brings up this Jephthah that we have been talking about in, in 32. And he says, and what shall I more say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, and quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. And it says, women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown under, asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword, and wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens of caves in the earth, and these all have obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they would, without us, should not be made perfect. So they had the faith, but it was Jesus who was perfected. Okay, so yeah. even though that we're speaking of of the judges, we're speaking of, of the women of the Bible, uh, that God used them. We we, we want to point out it was Jesus who was the perfected, and uh, yeah. we we know that God used these men and women of faith, and and we are children of faith, and we also can learn from these men and women of faith in the Bible of what God perceived to be men and women of faith in, in Jesus Mm -hmm. mighty name. Minister Belinda, Mm -hmm. please uh, share uh, what the Lord have given you and we're in, or going into our final words and what we want to share with the body of Christ as the Lord have given to us in this hour in Jesus name. Just that, um, there's nothing your past can do, but God can change it. Uh, that no matter the circumstances, God can change that. 
and that believing in God and having a faith in God, all things are possible without nothing. But God is the answer. He is the answer. And you may endure stuff, but uh, you still hold to that cross, still have faith in God. And you'll be made strong. Because if you're trusting in God, God has his ultimate strength of everything. There's nothing that he can't do. In Hebrews, it talks about the people of faith. It also talks about the suffering of God. But may he was made perfect. If he was able to endure the cross, and then later he would rise from that desperate tomb, that's, that's a lot of power, and that power can be, is connected to us if we allow it. That's all I have to say, Donna. Amen. Um, I want to just take a, say this, and uh, again, I want to bring this about, uh, this word out again. You know, Mm -hmm. broken homes um, are such a terrible thing that we have going on right now in the world, throughout the whole world. And um, we, as the body of Christ, we have to make a conscious effort of the actions that we take in this hour to begin to reverse uh, the the things that we have allowed to increase into the earth. We have to bring restoration. Mm-hmm. We have to play a role in bringing restoration back into the order of God. And we cannot do that without uh, being conscious uh, of the actions that we take. We have to be conscious what through the word of God. It doesn't come by our own uh, consciousness. It doesn't come by the world consciousness. It comes by uh, us being in the belief system that Jesus Christ has set up and mandated for the body of Christ, and that is his word. Now, uh, how we teach the word is another thing, because we can teach the word by scripture, and we can surround that scripture with what we want it to be the outcome. Um, And that is not what God has ordained. He said we shouldn't add, nor should we subtract from his word. We should take it as it is. And the more pure that we take it in, the less diluted, the less polluted, the less, uh, you know, that the word is corrupted. Okay. Now, I can... This Paul said, for I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. That's what Paul said uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, 9 through 11. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Therefore, whether I was 
were I or they, so we preached, and so ye believed. Now, Paul Paul is saying that, you know, he was the least of them, you know, and, and we should consider ourselves the least. We should consider, we should not consider ourselves to be more than anyone because there are many things probably from our past that are not politically correct in the eyes of God. But once we have chosen to be children of the living God, we have said, okay, we repent from those things and we move forward in the nature born again state of our Lord and Savior. And in doing so, we let go of those things and we move forward to a greater path and God by his word, seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will add to that. And it's a simple, basic process, a simple kingdom principle that God has given us and has mandated for the body of Christ. Now, we have the option, yes, to choose. We have the option, yes, to choose, but let us make the right choice in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let us make the right choice in Jesus, the word of the living God. Let us make the right choice to follow after his pattern that he has given us, that we can make our future better uh, unto eternal life in Jesus Christ. Isn't that what we have? Isn't that what we have chosen? We have said, okay, I will follow after you. I will lay down my life. I will surrender all to you. Yes. Okay, body of Christ. I'm just want to remind. I'm, I'm reminding myself. I'm reminding you. That is what we're here for: is to follow after Jesus Christ. So let us pick up the cross. And let us do so now. Let us not delay and say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Let's do it today. Let's do it this very hour in Jesus Christ's Mm -hmm. name, because that's what it's about. And I just want to say to anyone out there that just happened to listen in because you're looking for the Christian news, you're looking to learn something about uh, Jesus Christ, you know, it's, it's just a simple thing. Just put your hands up, get on your knees and surrender yourself to Jesus Christ. Let go of your old ways and say, Father, take control of me and lead me through the path of righteousness. Then it's a narrow path. It is not a broad path. It is not a broad path that everybody is going to walk with you on. It is a path, individual path with you in Jesus Christ alone. And you have to make that choice to pick up that Bible and read it yourself. You have to make up your mind to say, feed me, feed me with your bread of life. Feed me. And let me drink and sup from the uh, wine of your cup in Jesus' mighty name, and he will do so. And he will take you there, and he will guide you into the right path. And find someone that, you know, that will genuinely teach you the word of God. And most of the time when people are teaching the word of God, they they will remain with the context and not go outside of that. Uh, Minister Belinda, can you please pray for the body of Christ in this hour? In Jesus' mighty name. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we come before you, God. Make it a cry, Lord, Father, from the depths of our souls, Lord. 
God, please help your people to grow, Lord, Father, to make a real commitment to you, Lord God, and to sustain it, God, with your word, Father. Lord, we ask you, God, to stop your people. Lord, we ask you to help them not make the wrong decisions, God. But, God, so many people are suffering by all these wrong decisions that we're making out of our flesh, God. Homes are being broken up. Children are being aborted. God, all these things are coming from because people will not subject themselves to you, Lord Father. That there's a way of living, God, you gave to us in the in your word, God. It's not about control, God. You said you came to give us life and life more abundantly, God. It means having a, a whole a heart, hearts that are not damaged, bodies that are not damaged, minds that are damaged, God, children that are damaged, God. Marriages that are broken up, men and women trying to live the way they want, God, and it's it's not healthy, Lord. You said you came to give us life and life more abundantly. Father, we ask for revelation to come to people to understand this is not the road. It's a road to a lot of pain and suffering and destruction. God, you made a system that works, <clears throat> God. You made a way for a man to walk, God. You made a way for a woman to walk, God. But it's in you, Lord Jesus, following all that you say, Lord Father. It's not imprisonment, but it's to free them, God. Your son died for that purpose. He died to to let them know how much he loved them, that he was trying to bring life to them, not death. God, we're, we're seeing it, Lord, so much around us, God. We have fallen so far from you, Lord Jesus. We're telling children, God, this is a way of living and it's nothing but destruction, God. God, please open the minds of your people, God. We have the ability to change the world, God, according to your word, Father. But it has to be line upon line, precept upon precept, God. There is no other way, Lord, Father. God, we're asking you, Lord Jesus, to come to your people, God, and make a change in their lives, that they'll make a change, God, to be truly committed to God and his word, Father. God, this is everywhere. It's in the household. It's in the street. It's in the churches, God. Lord, we are home at our Sunday because of the Aki. Lord, God, you made a cry amongst God in your word over and over. Where is the remnant? God was asking, Where are my people? Here are my Sunday because of the Aki. Jesus, help us, Lord, to stand in the holiness of you, Lord God. God, open their eyes that they can see, God, that you the truth, God. Lord, we ask you, Father, 
Lord, we all we know to do is to make a cry, Father. God, only you can open the eyes, God, that their understanding be enlightened, Father. You can pierce through the flesh, God. Yet that I'm a son that be kind to the spirit man, God. How many of us son that be kind? God, we have to understand. I'm that it is so it's a generation falling away into perversion, God. Children eight years old thinking sex is okay. This is not okay. Children should not be having sex. They have no understanding. is defiling their bodies. Trafficking these children, God. It's an epidemic all over the world. And we are, every door is a doorway to the enemy, and it grows stronger and stronger. In the name of Jesus, God. Lord, let there be a shaking in your body, God. God, you the one that Jesus, we make a cry, God. In the name of Jesus, God, and we call it done. Father, help us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, help us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, help Amen. Amen. And we just want to say we thank you to everyone out there that has been listening to us and those that support us um, in many ways. So just watching and listening to our uh, KEIFM channel is a great big help. Uh, watching our YouTube videos on KEI TV 12 is um, a huge and tremendous wealth uh, to uh, us continuing the race and sharing the word of God. And we just say uh, we love you uh, with the love of the Lord that in which he has given um, for us to give unto you our love and his love, which is greater than our love. And that is that Amen. love of Jesus Christ. There is nothing better than that because it is him who died on the cross that you might live. It is him who is sitting and waiting and seated in high places with the Heavenly Father uh, advocating for you daily or that you would make that right choice in him. And we ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, O oh Lord, we ask, O oh Lord, that you will continue to knock on doors, to continue to have mercy and compassion over those that do not know you. As you have said, you are coming to call the sick and uh, the uh, those that are in sin unto righteousness, unto repentance. And, Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would continue to do so. Father, send forth your word. Send forth your ministering angels into all of the world, O oh Lord, until it is done and it is said that into the ends of this world that Jesus Christ is Lord. As we say, amen, we ask that it be so in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless everyone. May he empower and equip you for the days to come. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you all.
Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.